This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. Do you do a lot of video? I do uh, almost little to no video. <laughs> I don't know if you do like some promos for Jenny's accounting services. No, we, I mean, we were just on my way out. We were just, I said, if this goes well, maybe we'll have to start our own little <laughs> <laughs> weekly, weekly talk on uh, wh- whatever. Standard deduction versus itemized. Okay, you know what? Here's, this is a real thing. Real thing. And Haley, you can leave all this in. This is cool. Um, that would be potentially fascinating. Like if you and Caleb did like a weekly, hey, here's like a five-minute accounting tip. Right. It doesn't have to be anything drawn out. But I mean, because that's not a pool that most people swim in. Yeah. Like yeah. I just, like Nicole finally convinced me this year to give up doing my own taxes. As a as a pastor, it's gotten significantly more complicated. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do it. I've done it. I've done my own taxes since 1999. And there's a, it's a little bit of a pride point, I think. But. It's gotten a lot more complicated. And now you're using uh, software? I use like Tax Act or okay. something like that. Okay. I didn't know. Some people are pretty old school and they're like, I'm doing it myself and I'm doing it. Like they'll go to the library or whatever and they'll, they'll be like, I'm going to get the, uh, the printouts mm-hmm. and I'm going to pencil all of these in. I did that up until probably 10 <laughs> years ago. I, would, I did paper forms. Wow. So, yeah. So, was- so you know, because... My mind goes to the duplication of, you know, because like if you type in like the child's name and social security number, date of birth, that then auto populates to like every form within the program. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen on a penciling. No, <laughs> no every which time. is where like as we started to add kids, it's like, nah, you know what, this thing will save it until next year and then just <laughs> import all of this data. Yep. So. Yep. So there's that. Yeah. Well, hey, this is episode 55 of Radiant Reflections, here with my buddy Jeff. That's where you say hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you that caught the message yesterday, you would have uh, heard and or seen uh, Jeff. Uh, he took part in that, so we, we want to bring him in. JB is up shooting some video for the Great Lakes region, so he is unavailable today. We are coming to you, I'd say live, but when they see it, it's not going to be live. So mm-hmm. we're coming to you. Produced from room one here at Radiant Life, aka the Next Steps room. We can't be out in the lobby because they are currently decorating for Christmas. Uh, they removed most of the furniture, so there's not really anywhere for us to set up. And it's really noisy out there. They've got some Christmas music blaring. Uh, fish is up on a lift doing lights and stuff like that. So it's just really loud. Looks like they're getting food around <laughs> out there. What's Well, so tonight we do, every year we do a like a Christmas tree decorating event for anyone that's in a group yeah so like I, our, our, I was a part of this yeah. one year yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well because we did one yeah you did we did two because right. you did right. a support for hope tree mm-hmm. and then uh our d group did a, did right. a tree yeah so that's um, tonight that's tonight okay. so groups will come tonight they do uh they have everyone bring like a soup or a salad and then we do bread and dessert and stuff like that so it's a it's a pretty good time mm-hmm. uh it gets very festive around here mm-hmm. we have a lead pastor who Loves Christmas. <laughs> so that question of the hour, question of the hour, are you a, are you a big Christmas decoration kind of guy? You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm big. Um, you know, I, I do. So this year I've got two trees in my living room. Uh, normally I'm a one tree person. Um, I do like to get it up early uh, and then probably down Pretty early. Define early. Like, I mean, like, so, Pastor so, Ryan decorated probably like a month ago at his house. So I went, so I said, you know, you feel like you got to get past Halloween. To, okay, so to, that's your, that's yeah, your. Yeah, so like first or second weekend of November. So I was kind of, I used to be kind of pretty firm on the whole, well, you got to celebrate Thanksgiving before, you know, and, and not forgetting the value of that. But I don't know, I figure... Uh, you know, the, uh, 
the entrance of God Almighty into the world, you know, God with us. That's a, that's a big You're deal. You're thankful for that. I'm huh? thankful for that. And then, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a big deal that I'm, I like the idea of a month or a, a two month long celebration of we're, we're going to reflect on this. We're going to, you know, and for my kids and it's just a, you know, it's a fun season that it feels like it goes. Um, and in some ways, the anticipation of things of just the season, of the moments and the gifts and all that kind of stuff is almost as good as the actual day. So at least for me. And so I like the idea of extending that as long as as long as we can. Okay. No, so I'm I'm a little bit of a grinch with that. Like I was <laughs> I mean growing up though, we didn't ever set up until the day after Thanksgiving. And then I don't remember growing up when we took it down, but I know like for Nicole and I, after we first got married, she would leave the tree up all year round. I was like, nope. Uh, so I'd be like, hey, it's New Year's, like, time for this bugger to come down. So I don't know. I'm a little bit more of a Grinch, but so I'm, so do you? Uh, so I guess question for you: Do you? Um, you know, some people are star people on top, uh, or angel people on top, and then some families do like this uh, this revolving kind of a thing because, like, if you get to set the deal on the top of the tree. It's like a momentous deal. So oh, like, some, like the some, capstone. Yeah, like some the... kids were like, it's my year to do the star or the angel. So or... we are not like that. I honestly, I don't even know if we have anything on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely no tradition attached to that. I remember like years and years ago, we had like a little star. I'm pretty sure that broke a while ago. And I don't know that we do anything <laughs> on top of the tree. Uh, so now on your tree, though, does it... Uh, and, and this, you know, you reminded me of Ryan and his, uh, when we, my tree was right next to his years ago when we decorated. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I think he was, he was He's, uh, doing a, he, I think he was a part of a D group at the time. And I thought it was funny because, uh, it, like, Jeff Carey was, like, passing Ryan the ornaments. But I'm pretty sure Ryan might have been the only one that would have been allowed to place him in the street. So, <laughs> then this is the thing. So, earlier... We were hanging the, the little icicle lights in, in the cafe. And he's like, oh, like, make sure you, like, floof them first or whatever. And I floofed it, and I hung it up. And he's like, no, 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 give that one back. <laughs> we got to re, re-floof. Uh, he's re- but he has an eye for that. That's right. where, like, I don't, yep. I'm not really worth anything other than manual labor. So, like, Pastor Brandon, myself, Brandon Fish... Our primary role when it comes to Christmas decorating is lugging all the stuff in from the barn. Right. And then we'll we'll put a tree where they say to put a tree, and then we walk away because because <laughs> right. we're not really uh, gifted in that, and that's okay. Yeah. Not everybody yeah. has the same giftings. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. So like my tree at home, um, so I have the second tree, which uh, I got one of those. Uh, it's almost like a frosted. I think it, oh. it's called a flocked. I didn't even know what that meant, but that's it. I, I'm pretty sure that means the snowy look on it. But Sounds like somebody killed a bunch of sheep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something. Um, but uh, but on that tree, uh, we I bought separate ornaments just for the look of it, and then on the main tree, that's the tree where I have like the the zillion different. Uh, Ornaments made by all of my kids oh. throughout all the, so those are just kind of like popsicle stick ornaments. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're they're just everywhere, and there's no real design or theme to it. You know, the idea isn't for it to be like in a magazine. It's going to be the this is your family tree. The family right? tree. Yeah. yeah, right. So you know, that's that's the way we do. You know, because I don't want to. You know, because those things uh, are in many ways more valuable than if I were to just. Put a beautifully, you know, like a picturesque kind of a tree over there, you know. So I like seeing those things that my kids made. So my favorite Christmas tree from past group contest uh, era, I think it was, the first one we did was 2020. And somebody did a tree and they hung little packets of hand sanitizer and toilet paper on the tree. <laughs> I was like, yes, and that's it. That's that's all they put on their tree as far as yeah. decorations. I, I feel like great. I remember this, yeah. That was probably my favorite. They they tried yeah. to like hide it over here in this corner by the offices and everything. <laughs> but. Uh, well, Jeff, for those of uh, our viewers, listeners that don't know you, just give us like a, a brief bio. Who are you? What do you do? That kind of thing. 
So live here in Sturgis, work here in Sturgis, uh, own an accounting business uh, right downtown, right uh, behind uh, Five Lakes. Uh, been self-employed for, oh, it's been 10 years now. Um, and um, so yeah, work up there. Uh, it's going very well. Uh, family life, you know, so it's myself and my nine kids. And um <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's always kind of a, a fun one because you just don't, I guess, uh, to look at me, you know, uh, you're not anticipating nine kids, but, um, uh, but yeah, uh, anywhere from the youngest is nine. So currently there are four 10 year olds. Uh, there's a about to turn 12, a 15, a 17 and a 19 year old, so. So for those that are wondering like, oh man, how did you have quadruplets? <clears throat> right. If you want, if you want, like yeah. really, how is it that you have four 10 year olds? Yeah, yeah, so the, so the three oldest are biological, the six younger are uh, adopted through foster care. So was formerly a foster parent, um, you know, and, and we really got into that, that um, place of fostering kids and things like that out of, you know, a real, a real, um, necessity because, uh, and, and still currently, um, the numbers are, they're not great statistically, you know, back, back when, um, I heard this was at a rotary meeting. I was a part of a service club here in Sturgis. Um, and some people came from DHHS. They gave a presentation on the statistical numbers of number of kids in the County, a uh, number of uh, homes that are currently supporting those kids in the county. And the numbers just kind of blew my mind. I mean, I was aware of foster care, but I was not aware of the the volume, the number of kids currently in care. So that was really the initial push into that. Um, and then from there, you know, you know, people wonder, it's like, oh, were you, did you grow up in a, a giant family or did you, you know, um, I didn't, it was me and my mom and dad and my brother. And so just the four of us. So the idea of, of a massive family of, of nine kids, uh, it wasn't really on my radar. Like that, like this is the push, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking that I was going to move into this. Really, it was a matter of one at a time and seeing the needs of those kids kind of coupled with the amount of blessing that I have had in my life. You know, I, I share with people, like, I don't know what it's like for what some of my kids have experienced. You know, the, this idea of not having, now they were very young when they came, so like their awareness of that um, may not be known to them. But for me, all that I've ever known from the moment I was born was support and love and encouragement for day number one all the way through current and this will continue on. And so the idea that there are kids um, that are kind of wrestling and, and navigating through their young lives without that support, with, uh, you know, there there isn't a whole lot of certainty in their world. Like some, they've been, a removal has taken place because of uh, some form of, of, of whatever, you know, decisions being made uh, by parent, biological parents that are putting the kids in harm's way to some extent. So, you know, there's a need uh, to remove them. And so, yeah, it was really just a one at a time kind of a thing where you become aware, you, you know, when you're in foster care, you're speaking with foster care workers, you're, you're um, aware of like the latest removal, you know, you just kind of are in those conversations. And so you think, you know what, my life has been filled with blessing and we can make arrangements for another, you know? And so that's, that's kind of what you do. You know, you just kind of, um, you buy a bigger van, you, you know, you buy a bigger house, you know, and with that, that's, that's the, the amazing thing with the whole story is that when we first started in so many ways, it was just kind of a faith kind of a thing. It's like, well, if we're called to do this, God will figure out the rest. Uh, and he really did. You know, financially, it, it didn't line up with with me being the sole income provider in the home and with the number of kids and just kind of, kind of 
forecast like where where this is going you know like mm-hmm. like these kids are going to get older this is going to require more financial support and things like that and that all those needs have been met and have exceeded those you know just that level of just breaking even like mm-hmm. god has multiplied above and beyond above and beyond yeah i mean so it's been a it's been a great ride and um you know i i don't i never try to portray it as being uh just smiles on our face 24 <laughs> 7 and the, the you know every moment is is absolute uh, happiness you know i will say that there is there is real joy in the you know even the difficulty because like the overarching idea of what god has called me to do and what he has allowed me to you know be a part of you know some of these memories that he said Jeff, I'm going to ask you to be these kids' dad. And trust me, I fail a lot along the way. But in that, he reveals things to me that that sometimes I'm speaking to the kids and like this light bulb goes off in my mind that says, Jeff, this is the way I've been talking to you. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to convey a message to them. It's like, kids, I, I'm for you. Like I am on your side. I'm saying these things because I want the best for you. Mm. And in some ways I'm like, this is exactly what my father in heaven is telling me to trust him. Even if it goes against the societal trends and things like that, 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 you know, that look a little different. He says, trust me because I am in this for you. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun ride so oh, far. That's so It's good. <laughs> good. Hey, yeah, it's very likely that there are some people, viewers, listeners, uh, and, and God has put a, a burden, not in a negative sense, but a burden on your heart to impact kids in foster care or the families that support them. Uh, if, if you feel like one of the things you're called to is to actually be a foster family, I would encourage you to have a conversation with mm-hmm. Jeff. He knows the connections. He'll be able to point you in the right direction. Otherwise, uh, we at Radiant Life partner with a, an organization called Michiana Family Center, uh, and they work within the, the foster care system. Uh, they support the families. They support the, the the kids. It's a pretty cool organization. That generally. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they, yeah, they do. I mean, it's not just. It's not always just about like the full blown leap into foster care. You know, because sometimes, you know, you can you become aware that some families they're going, they're going all in. You know, whatever it takes, the hassles of the state, the. Uh, you know, the uh, the transparency with the way you're living, that, uh, that more people are going to be coming in your home and examining these things for the sake of, you know, it's it's for the protection of the kids, but in some ways it is a bit invasive. You know, you feel like, man, do they really need to know this? And do they need to know this? That's just kind of the deal, you know. But if you keep your eyes focused on the kids and say, you know, I didn't do this for me and the con- for the convenience of, of what it was going to be for me. I'm doing this with my sole focus to eventually cross the finish line of becoming a licensed parent, foster parent, and then eventually taking kids into my home and then, you know, making an impact in the ways that you can because you hear the stories of like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't give them up, you know, and, and that's a reality, you know, that, that kids come in, uh, it seems like they should probably stay, but, you know, calls are made to where they're placed back in the home or there are there you know things are done and if you lose sight of your focus being on the kids that you are going to give every day that you can that you that god is making available for you to make an impact on their life then you will do that um but you can't control you know the outcome of it all you know you really have to keep that focus but I will say, though, that if you're not one of those that says we're going all in, there are other ways. And that's where mm-hmm. Michiana family comes in. You know, they've they've uh, you can be a part of a care team of it's like five to six or seven people that will kind of surround a foster family and support them. They'll support them financially. They'll support them uh, with different, you know, if there are errands to run, if there are meals to be prepared for the foster family to make their life a bit easier in this process of caring for the foster child, um, you know, they do that, you know, so it's kind of a, it's a team type of a process that says yes or no, I, I can't step into this based on the things going on in my life, but I can do something, you know, that's kind of the phrase that sometimes we go by is that everyone can do something. 
you can be a part of a team. Uh, there are these uh, mentorship arrangements where mm -hmm. they have specific kids that they really need maybe a man in their life, uh, someone to just say, I'm with you. I'm in your corner. You know, I, I see what you've done in school. Keep up the good work. You know, just another level of support. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are those things, too. So there are more ways than just becoming a licensed foster parents where you can you can step into this and be a part of, you know, something that's really I mean, it's really needed. You know, when I have conversations of the current landscape of foster care, it's not it's not good. It's not it's not pleasing to, you know, because it's just there needs to be more of an investment across community wide that says uh, we're aware of these kids that that it's almost like they're hidden in some ways because you're not really aware of them, but they are down the street couple blocks over and they really need our support yeah I mean sometimes you know those of us that grew up with two loving parents with teachers that encourage us we take that for granted right. and, and yeah. we don't recognize <laughs> not everybody has that mm -hmm. and there are people that, that uh, are in far from ideal situations so no I think that's awesome and I think that that's a good piece of what we talked about yesterday Right, the city of, of being a purposeful friend, because we, we expanded it, right? Yesterday we looked at Luke 10, that Jesus expands the definition of, of neighbor. Um, in the same way, I think this is this is part of being a purposeful member of a community, recognizing, and not, and not, not everyone's gonna have a passion for foster care, right, right. But, but there are some that that will, right? And, and not just having that be something like, oh man, like I really feel for these kids or these families, like get involved, like do something about it. That's part of being a purposeful member of the community that you are a part of. Whether you're here in Sturgis, St. Joe County, or you're down in Howell, LaGrange, you know, scope out you know, some of your options. Uh, Michiana Family Center, actually, they function in both Michigan right. and, yeah. and Indiana. Yeah. So that would be a, a across-the-border kind of connection. So I would encourage you, again, if that's, if that's you, if that's kind of like tugging at your heart, have a conversation with Jeff. Um, and we can, we can connect you with uh, mm -hmm. some resources to Absolutely. lean into that. Uh, but let's let's double click a little bit too, because actually, you know, one of the things that I love about kind of the way that you function is you hit uh, you hit multiple of the things we talked about yesterday, right? This idea of being a purposeful friend, reaching the lost and marginalized, where you live, work, and play. Uh, I mean, you've you've been a huge part of that for years now, adopting kids from foster care, like, which I would say that counts as people who are marginalized, right? Right. Uh, uh, you've done that yesterday, and I, and I want to. We'll talk for a few more minutes about this, right? But you talked about your your block party breakfast kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's let's camp out on there. Uh, just briefly recap for those that may have forgotten, you know, since yesterday. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Been a few hours. <laughs> the other day, the other day, I was asking one of my kids. I'm like, because it was delayed. So I was like, oh, like what did you guys talk about? Because they do chapel at school. Hmm. And so this is a Friday. I was I was slacking as a dad. I'm like, like, hey, what did you guys talk about in chapel on Wednesday? You know? And she's like, I don't dad, that was that was two days ago. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> glad it was glad it was impactful. Yeah, right, right. Um so yes, sometimes we, we forget things. So just a brief recap of what it is that you're doing, you know, kind of what mm -hmm. you've started here these last couple of months, and just kind of the heart behind that. And then I wanna tease out a couple of logistical things with that mm -hmm. so yeah sure um <clears throat> yeah like i said it, it really started with um a a an honest assessment of you know we read the word we read the commands of jesus and then am i am i functioning and, and am i directing my life as if he were the lord of my life you know like we sing the songs and um, we make those proclamations. And for me, that has some weight to it, that, that I can't be fake in that. That if I'm going to say, um, you know, I'll stand for you, I'll follow you, I will build my life on you, you know, that means I'm going to be living into the things that I'm reading, these forever truths that he says that he would like me to be doing that he's commanding me to do um but i've really tried to kind of reframe that that like 
this idea of trust in him that um, it's not a command out of uh, out of you know that he's just a, a dictator kind mm-hmm. of a, like a figure like I have in the last couple of years I've really sensed how much he loves me that if I trust him so much that I know without a doubt whatever he is telling me to do it is done out of love and for my good and that the good that comes in my life for be walking in obedience to him, he's going to receive the glory. And so that's really the way I took that was to love my neighbor. Um, and I'm going to do this. And this is all because he loves me. And so I, I really wanted to kind of do an assessment, you know, and, and doing an assessment really, it requires you to take a look, you know, you, um, and I couldn't say that I couldn't, you know, like, uh, the neighbors, the physical neighbors around me, I I knew them vaguely, and it was just kind of a, um, you know, we have like these patterns of our lives, and I would just be driving by, and there would be somebody outside, and I would wave hello, and like, that was kind of the extent of my loving my neighbor as myself, and that really, I thought, that's that's not. I mean, that's a that's like a so like a uh, common courtesy. Not, common not courtesy. Really I mean, that's beyond that's, like yeah. I mean, like if I'm gonna define love as that, then that's just tra- way, tra- trained monkeys could yeah. be to their neighbors. I mean, <laughs> right. Exactly. And so yeah, I, I really just thought um, I wanted to show love the way that I would want to be loved. So to me. Uh, that begins with an actual relationship. Well, how do you form relationships with people? So like I started thinking, you know, what can I do that is safe for them, um, but also doable Mm. for me, you know, to create a relationship and for it to be ongoing because relationships are just that, that they're not, they're not a one time. I mean, they can be a one time, but there's really no furthering or deepening of a relationship without some level of consistency. So I thought, you know, I discussed this, uh, this uh, graduation party for my son, just the tables and chairs in this open space that I have available, which is my garage. We opened the door uh, and people just walked up and there was just something about the simplicity of it that I can sit down, I can go grab something to eat, we'll have our plates, We'll be just having conversations and we're going to know each other more. Um, that's really where it started for me was was at least the idea of what that might look like with my actual neighbors was, you know, just a meeting in the garage. We'll have some food. We'll keep it simple. Um, and then that's that's where the thought process began. And then from there, it was just a matter of implementing these ideas. And so that means an invitation has to go out. So that was just a... I mean, I took about two two minutes on my Microsoft <laughs> Word software program and just typed up something. I think I put a little image right there of get um, some clip art on there. Yeah, a little clip art. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I think the first one was um, was some pancakes. I wanted to do a breakfast because the first meeting, the thought was I wanted to uh, to talk to some of my neighbors. Uh, that may not be attending church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think the first one was done at, um, I think it was done at 11 a.m. So I wanted to miss kind of the main wave of the typical service time in Sturgis um, to get the people that might go. So I didn't want to compete, um, but I also wanted to be in the morning so that um, it might be during a time when, you know, you might be attending a Sunday service. So yeah, so in a sense, try to mimic a, a, a rhythm, you know, that maybe they don't have if they're not a if not a, if they're not churched, right? But like, hey, this is a rhythm. Let's say not that this is necessarily why you did it, right? But like, hey, down the road, maybe this person does. They decide, hey, you know, I'll check this church thing out, right? Like, hey, what are some times where we could go and we'd actually have a service available? Right. And, yeah. Know, exactly. So. Yeah. And so yeah, we had uh, I, I created the invitation, very basic, a one page. Uh, and then I walked around my block and knocked on the doors, and um, many of them were at home. I just kind of put them in their in their mailbox or somewhere, you know, where they would see them. And then, you know, you don't know. I put I put my cell number on there to send me a text, um, and then some of them said, "Yeah, sure, I'll join you for a breakfast." Yeah, I think I can make that work. Um, 
it's free, you know? I mean, it's like all I got to do. And I made that very clear to them that like I didn't want this to be, you know, because sometimes the thinking is, it's like, what's the angle here? You know, like <laughs> we don't do this anymore. Like, uh, like it's, this isn't a thing where neighbors gather, you know, it was kind of a... And that's largely a lost, yeah, a lost right. practice in, yeah. our, in our culture. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and so I wanted it to be very safe to be like, no, like it's literally some pancakes, mm. We're going to have some tables and chairs. Come and go as you please. If you can make it, great. If you can't, no big deal. It's not like I'm offended that you have that you had something, some other obligation. So it was just very simple. It went well. Um, and then I just, at the meeting, I said, uh, you know, like, I would like to continue doing this. You know, I and I kind of shared a little bit of the the idea, not in a, in a, um, Christian type of an application, but just in a, a neighborly application, you know, so like, I just wanted to know my neighbors, you know, like we live very close to each other, you know, we can, we can support each other, you know, life, life can throw you, throw you off sometimes, or maybe sometimes you, you know, you need something, you know, like basic stuff, like I borrowed a rototiller from the neighbor guy and, uh, you know, stuff like that. We can operate in ways where we're supporting each other and we're building a relationship, you know, things like that. So, yeah, the first one went well. Then the second one was um, same kind of a process. Um, like I said yesterday, I'm, I'm learning their, their cell numbers. I'm texting things now. And that's just a furthering, not a replacement, but a, a supplement to our actual relationships, because I never want it to be that we're now we're now texting friends that never see each other. Mm. You know, like we do need to continue to be like a, a variation on Facebook friend, right? Yeah, right. Hey, I've yeah. got like nine billion friends. Yeah. no, you don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 in the in the way that I think is is really truly valuable. So, mm. um, yeah, that was kind of the the plan, and uh, and so yeah, we had some hot dogs last time around, and. Um, and yeah, I mean, you you just discuss things. Um, like I remember, uh, you know, one of the. I mean, I just I had no idea who this man was. I've I've learned his name. I learned his wife's name. I learned where they both work. Uh, she was another another tax preparer. You know, oh. so we're we're talking we're talking a talking little bit shop. of uh, talking shop. Yep, a little bit. You know, like we're kind of oh, I like go over here. We're talking like whatever deductions and whatever and and the latest. Tax law change. Everybody else is kind of over on the side, like I don't even know what they're talking about. So, yeah, I got a deduction. Wow. Yeah, right, right. But um, yeah, so but it's just it's just interesting to me that in those two short meetings, I've learned so much more because you can't learn. I mean, you can kind of learn visibly about somebody that, like, when I drive by and I do my wave thing. Yes, they have a dog. Yes, they. Um, you know, he likes to ride a motorcycle, you know, stuff like that. But that's not like real depth of who they are. And, um, and that's, the, that's the cool thing about it is that I'm learning things about them. Um, and it's interesting to me. So it's, it's not, a, it's not a, um, like a false interest or a fake. I, I really do. I'm fascinated by their lives and by who they are and what, you know, what drives you, you know, what, what gets you going during the day. You know, all and, that. I, and I think that's an important thing, right? You don't do this just to be like, oh, like this is something that I'm supposed to do, right? I mean, you have a genuine interest to get to know your neighbors. And if, and if you're sitting in a place where you're like, I don't actually want to get to know my neighbors, I would actually, I would encourage you begin with prayer. Start to say, Lord, give me a heart for my neighbors. Right, let change change my outlook. Change, you know, I'm just mad because this neighbor's you know dog come and cr- comes and craps in my yard all the time. So I'm just mad at my neighbor. Like that's my outlook on my neighbors. Ask Holy Spirit to begin a work in you to start to change that. And then as He does, because He will, like, as, as you allow Him to soften your heart, and then then start saying, "Man, I just I really want to get to know these neighbors." Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. So I think that's a key thing. You don't want it to be like this this fake. Like, right. oh, yeah, come and eat food at my house. No, but you actually right. want to get to know them. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's I do. a key thing. Yeah. So talk to the person who might be sitting there listening and thinking, oh, this is a great idea. Man, just, I don't have a, I don't have a good space for that. Like, my house isn't big enough. I don't have, you know, and there's probably a litany of, of barriers that seem to be mm-hmm. uh, coming up in their mind right now. Uh, what would you say to that person? They're like, Jeff, I love this idea, but... 
man, I'm just not set up for that kind of a thing. You know, I, um, you know, I, th- I think if there is genuine willingness to, you know, because for, again, for me, it started with walking in obedience that I trust Jesus now, you know, like maybe in the past, I might read these words and think, like, I don't know. It's like, I'll, I'll follow various other things that you're commanding me to do. But that one, maybe we throw that one on the, on the back and we just kind of, <laughs> we just kind of ignore it for now. But I really believe in his um, desire to lead me in a way that brings more fulfillment of my life so that I praise him even more. And I believe this is one aspect of that. So, um, I think if that's your approach to this, then the methods will just kind of come, you know, doesn't have to be a garage. It could be, yeah. I mean, it could be whatever works in your world. I mean, it, I mean, it really, I think that sometimes can be the overthinking of it mm-hmm. is that like thinking that it has to be, has to look like this or has to, well, Jeff said he meets in his garage. I don't even have a garage, so I guess I can't do it. No, I think that's just the, the enemy will do that, mm-hmm. will complicate things into thinking that you don't have a space, you don't have, um, you know, the, uh, the talent in hospitality, mm-hmm. you don't have the ability to, you know, if, if the topic of Jesus come, you know, eventually comes up, because that's, that's the hope, is that we do have a living hope living inside of us. Um, you know, we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and tapping into that and walking into that. Um, but sometimes you think, I don't think I could do that. I believe you could. I believe if, you're, if, you're, if your mind is set on walking in obedience to what our Heavenly Father, who loves us dearly, has said, like, this is for your good, that if you walk in this, your life is going to become more fulfilled, then all these other things will kind of open up. So the idea is, um, you know, someone yesterday uh, kind of approached me a lot about this idea of, she said something about sending out some greeting cards or, or sending out, you know, something to where it was another form of communication. You know, mm-hmm. it was just and, another touch point. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's it's the furthering of relationships that didn't exist before that are becoming a reality, whatever that might look like. So, yeah, if that's a if that's a living room, if that's a backyard, if that's a, if the frequency changes, I don't think there is a a firm guideline right. to, you know, to what this looks like. I do believe in some kind of a consistency to mm-hmm. it because that's, that's a reality in all relationships is that we're, we are, um, you know, we are seeing each other, um, on a, on a relatively frequent basis to where we, you know, we're not just lost in the busyness of life to where it's like, man, it's because we all talk about it, It's like, man, it's been, it's been six, eight months since we did anything. It's like, we just all kind of got busy. I do think there is some diligence in that to say, we're gonna do this. Maybe you can't make it a couple times, but I'm gonna make this available to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just go. Well, relationships are like money, right? Like consistent investment over time. That's where you yield <laughs> a, a yeah, right. return, right? Yeah. I mean, like if I was yeah. like, oh, like I'll put five bucks in every six months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're gonna have a rough right, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I'm gonna real quick look, make sure it's still recording because that's happened before. Oh yeah, we're still good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta go back, and start all over, Jeff. Um, no, so yeah, and, and two, like if you look at who's Holy Spirit putting on your heart, maybe I, again, depending on where you live, maybe you're like, man, I've got 50 neighbors. Like, there's no way, or maybe you have one neighbor. Right? So maybe you just, you spend some time saying, all right, Lord, who is it that you want me to invite into this mm-hmm. space? So maybe like, hey, man, I can only fit like six people in my, all right, well, find, find those six people, right? right? And, and invite them into that, into that space. I hear you. I have, I have six kids, not as many as you. See, I'm a lightweight. This is, <laughs> this is a rare occasion where I'm the, I'm like the, the wimpier person as far as number of kids, but like I can fit eight people around my kitchen table, and that's just my family. So, so when, we, when we invite people over, uh, we have to get creative, and we do. So you know what? Some people eat in the living room. Some people eat in the kitchen. If it's nice, we kick the kids out of the backyard, and they eat there. So 
you know? Yeah. Uh, get creative. Use your space. And don't buy into the lie that your house has to be immaculate. Like, oh, man, like, no, like, I don't have a, a good space for hosting. No, like, relationship trumps uh, decor, right? I mean, like... Yeah, and I, and I think I think there is a safety in being real with with your neighbors because sometimes we can... Uh, and I do it, you know, I, I try to portray a, a, a more well-run and, and well-whatever, cleaned and just an efficiency in my household. I do try to portray that when people come over. But the reality is that 95% of the time, it's kind of, it's kind of messy. We're just always doing that. But I think there is a safety in that because people, there's, they can relate to that, that mm. they're like, if they go to a place where it's it's so perfect, then the thought is, is that that maybe I don't even belong here. You know, like the, this is a whole different. Um, we're not we we are neighbors, but we're um, this is a step above where I'm at. So there can be some intimidation in that. So if there's just a, a a realness to it that says, "Yep, it's just a garage," and uh, you know, like my garage has like I mean, we got like tools and there's like a can of motor oil over there on the shelf and uh, i mean uh, we're keeping it away from the the hot dogs and the pancakes so there's no uh you know there's nothing contamination uh, like that but i mean but it's real life i mean we're it's a garage and i parked my van in there and there's you know i i tidied up a little bit but it's usually just you know it's a garage it's acting as a meeting place so yeah I, i would say don't get overly com- complex with um, trying to innovate something that isn't already actively happening in your home. So, because that's the, the realness of it is that they feel like you've invited me into a place where you live your life with your kids um, or with your family or maybe not with the family, whatever. But there's a safety in that that I think people feel that, that it's genuine, mm-hmm. you know, and that yeah, come on in. Yeah, because my question, right, for, for the people, like, oh, like, oh, my house has to be immaculate. Like, and there are some people that probably do, right? But, like, do you go to a friend's house, and if it's not, like, squeaky cleaner, you're like, oh, 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 I can't believe oh, there's dust on the trim. Oh, oh. Right. Well, I mean, no. Like, uh, if you are that person, you should probably lighten up. Uh, that's, that's all I'm saying. And, like, real quick, I mean, this because this can be a real thing, right? Like, if you're, like, a hoarder, and like you literally have to carve paths through your house to get any place, uh, you might want to do something about that uh, before you. <laughs> but mess, like, like general messiness of life, uh, that happens, right? I mean, my kids leave toys laying around sometimes, and it helps you know you're alive when you step on a Lego, right? And that's you know, you know, so. you do know, yes. <laughs> yep. So that's you know that's a way you again within the foster care system you've been a, a purposeful member of our, of your community, right? You're you're really leaning leaning into this idea of being a purposeful neighbor, like hey, how do I actually get to know my physical neighbors? Mm-hmm. And you're and you're doing this this once a month gathering. Uh, but then you also, and if you, if you don't mind talking about this, you also live with intentionality where you work, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's this idea where you where you live, work, and play. So if you're if you're okay with it, unpack just a little bit. How do you uh, work with intentionality in your accounting business? What does mm-hmm. that look like? Yeah. So um, when I started my business, it was done with um, a lot of fear a lot of intimidation, and a lot of unbelief in my ability to operate a business. Um, and so I, uh, I went into it with the thought like, God, if you do this, um, I'm going to be blown away that you were able to use me to run a business that might be sustainable, um, to continue in year, on year after year. Uh, and, and I want to give you glory in that, you know? And, um, and so really from the beginning, I wanted it to be a place where it was kind of known that, that I am, I am grateful. I have a lot of gratitude for, for what God has done and is doing. And I wanted it to kind of be like a, like a dedication to him. Like, like, look at what he's done. This wasn't done because of my, yes, 
I have some talents, but the talents were given to me by him. Um, abilities, they were given to me by him. Um, but I wanted it to be kind of a, a intentional dedication, at least in my mind. So how can I do that? How can I have people come in? We file taxes. We meet compliance-related types of deadlines and things like that. Um, we keep people where they want to be with the IRS uh, and get refunds and you Which know. Which off the radar. Okay. We'll be off the radar of the IRS. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but um, so, how can I work that in? Um, so, one, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my job with uh, a level of customer service. That is um, that is the way that I would want to be treated. You know, the, the same the same idea. Loving my customer as myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I try to do that in a way that, like, like if if I were to make a mistake, which mistakes happen. You know, like we're imperfect people. I'm always clear to indicate that I have made an error here. You know, I'm going to be transparent in that mm-hmm. always. Uh, if there's a situation when it comes to, you know, because we're talking IRS tax law, which is, I think the last I heard it was like sixty-seven thousand pages. When you add up all of the, all of the publications and all of the the instructions on all those publications, and then the actual law, I mean, it just kind of, yeah, it's it's very lengthy. The reason why it's lengthy is because of the interpretation of that. And so the people are like, well, I think it's a deduction. You know, I think, uh, you know, we went to Disney and uh, while I was in Disney, I had a couple thoughts about this small business. So, let, you know, <laughs> so let's write this off. You know, this is a business expense. And, um, but I have always believed, well, not always, I guess I, I, I take that back. So there was early on, I had a little bit of a wrestling of, because you're trying to build clients, you're trying to get people to come in and trust a younger guy. Um, that's kind of the idea in the in the accounting world is like people look at experience. They look at uh, he or she's been doing this for a zillion years. That means they're good. They know what they're doing. So gray is gold. Gray right. is gold. And, and exactly. Yeah. And I was a young guy, and um, when I first stepped into it on my own, and I thought, what what can I? You know, I need to like be competitive here, but the, there was a bit of a, a, some pressure when you don't want to, you know, clients are, um, are at a premium, you know, so you're, you're trying to, to keep the ones that have come in the door. And sometimes there is like a, a pressure to like make it, make the result so beautiful that it's like, wow, this is, this is so good. That also leads into kind of like, um, if you're aware of something, and you kind of act like you're not aware of it. In order to create a better result, in order to keep clients coming, uh, there can be, you know, a bit of a, you know, a temptation in that. But I remember, I, I distinctly remember a day when I thought, nope, I, you know, how can I be praying for my Father in Heaven to pour out His blessing on me when I'm when I'm, when I, if I were to walk in that kind of a pattern. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to honor the tax law, whether or not we like it or not. I'm going to be as honest as I possibly can with everything that I'm made aware of. So that's just another area where I'm going to honor my heavenly father in the way that he's blessed my mm-hmm. business with the way that I interact with my customers. Um, but also, um, you know, I don't know how many years ago it's been, but I wanted to, leave my clients with some form of encouragement. So I, you know, I'm continually praying for the Holy Spirit to be welcome in my place of business. So like, I hope, you know, I play, I play worship music in the, in the little waiting area. One, it's for me to be consistently, I hear it, I'm renewing my mind. You know, it's good for me to be hearing on repeat over and over again, but they get to hear it too. And for some people, it, they may never hear a word of the joy and the freedom of knowing Jesus uh, anywhere. Like it's just not on their on their dials. It's not in their circles. Of, so that's one aspect of it. they're going to hear that. But also, I wanted to encourage them by prayer. So, and that's been a that's been a a fun journey in that because I've made it. Uh, I've made it a point 
to be asking ongoing if I can pray for my clients. So we'll wrap things up and, you know, I'll just be like, and sometimes in, in the conversation, you become aware of things. People reveal things. And that's the kind of the cool thing about it is that the door is closed. It is a confidential place because um, we're talking identity things. We're talking financial information, things like that. But I want them to know that it's safe, that I'm, you know, you're, it, everything you share with me is going to be safe. So you learn things about just in conversation, the pressing thing in their life at that moment. And then I'll ask, like, can I pray for you? You know, obviously we know of what you just, you just discussed, but um, can we ask our Heavenly Father to enter into that and to bring peace, to bring healing, to bring joy? And the amazing thing to me is that, well, I guess a couple things. One is the willingness. Overwhelmingly, uh, almost all of my clients are willing and I would believe it, that is because I believe we all have a, a, a link to the eternal. I mean, we were, we were created in the image of God. And mm -hmm. so there is something inside of us that is drawn towards mm -hmm. something and someone who is greater than us. So the idea of asking and communicating with uh, our Heavenly Father, it's almost like it's it's unknown to them mentally, but it's known to them in some kind of a spiritual aspect to that. So there is a, a welcoming to that. So I'll say, can we pray? And uh, a lot of times you get, you get like, like, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, you know, like, uh, wasn't really expecting that, you know, it, it can throw them off guard a little bit, um, especially for new clients. But there's a willingness to pray. But there's also a reality of the brokenness in their lives because when they walk in the door, I, I can't tell that there's actually any brokenness. That, you know, they say their hellos the same way with like a smile on their face, with um, you know, a lightness in their step. But the reality is, is that there's darkness in their lives for a lot of people. And there's brokenness and there's hurting and there's uh, this kind of this mentality of like, I don't know where I'm going from here. I don't know where I'm turning from here. So when I offer the aspect of saying, why don't we ask our Heavenly Father? Why don't we ask someone who is greater than me, greater than your situation, uh, who would comfort you in this, who would, uh, who would walk with you through this? You know, you're walking through a lot right now. Why not say, Let's, let's do this together, Father. We, we were never meant to do it alone. And so, yeah, there's a welcoming and, a, and an acknowledgement to that. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a fun um, journey through that process, even for me to be able to get to participate in that, that, that God, you've blessed me in this business, but I want to be an extension. You know, I've said, like, I want my office and my business to be an extension of the church, mm -hmm. that it doesn't stop when we walk out those doors, mm -hmm. that it continues as, as you walk into my door of my office. Hold um, the ground. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And we, and we pray, and yeah, I mean, the amount of people that, that we're wiping the tears off the desk because there's hurting to that extent. And we're praying with people of other faith, uh, you know, people of the Muslim faith that are saying like, well, I'm not on the same page as you, but if you would like to pray for me, then let's pray. Or for um, just people that have no belief in anything. Um, and, and I've had people come back and kind of give me, I've had people call me up later on and say, Jeff, we prayed, uh, we prayed for a job and I got a job. Hmm. And I mean, like cool stories of that and, and cool stories of where um, people have come back and they've made it a point. They said, they have said that Jeff, yes, I come back to file my tax return to get my anticipated refund. But even greater than that, the, what I love most is that we enter into a time where we meet with, with our Heavenly Father. And there's something, and, and these are people that they may not be doing that throughout the rest of the year. This may be the one or a handful of times throughout the year that they're actually 
so yeah, I feel a privilege that I get to use my office um, in that way. And it's also kind of cool that the federal government mandates that they, <laughs> that they have to file the tax return. So it's like, you come on in. I'm going to give you uh, the good news of Jesus Christ because you're mandated to come in and file this. You know, so that's a cool thing there too. So I love it. Have you have you ever had anybody say no? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. How, how do you handle that? Exactly. Because there might be people out there that are like, like there is a kind of built into that desire for community and connection. I think a lot of us also carry uh, a pretty healthy, well, unhealthy uh, fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, I've, Nicole and I have navigated this with one of our kids who frequently just has this impression from Holy Spirit, you have to go pray for this person. I mean, it could be somebody random at Walmart, like, hey, I, I feel like I've got to go pray for this person. And uh, particularly early on, uh, she was very, like, Dad, like, what if they say no? Right. And, and so we, right. we try to coach through that. How, but how have you handled that? Just in case somebody... Yeah, yeah. And it happens. Um, I guess I'm not... I don't have any offense to that because um, I'm just walking in obedience because I don't I don't allow my mind or my own desires to get in the way of... Like, I'm just going to walk in obedience. I'm going to pray. I have no idea of... Uh, and I don't have any actual power uh, to make a prayer actually happen you know we're asking we're requesting mm-hmm. our heavenly father for that so yeah if they say no it, it it doesn't bother me i just say it's like sure no problem uh i just want to be an encouragement that's all i want to do and so mm-hmm. no no problem at all um no pressure at all um because i just want them to feel comfortable and some people yeah it, it is uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and we want to be sensitive to that exactly i mean we yep. don't again the, the goal isn't to sit here and like force you know uh belief down their throat so, and, and I think you hit on a really good point, right? It's not, this is, I'm not trying to offend this person. I don't want to force this on them. So I don't, I don't have to feel rejected. Again, mm-hmm. and that's been part of like our coaching with, with, you know, that particular kid. Like, no, like they're not, <laughs> they're not rejecting right. you, right? This is the, they're just uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You, yeah. you, you responded in obedience mm-hmm. to what you felt like Holy Spirit was calling you to do. That's that's what you're responsible for, not, mm-hmm. not and that's course. really where the joy is at. You know, we've I, we've talked about this in a couple of years back in the uh, in the D group, and um, and it was just just this idea of we can't place our joy uh, that kind of hinges on the success of whatever mm-hmm. it is we're doing. You know, so it's like if I if I placed all of my joy or value in praying in the results that we were praying for, then that's, it's really in, you know, improperly placed. God has called me to walk in obedience to him and I'm going to be an encouragement. I'm going to allow my office to be a place where the good news will be, will be known. It will be available. Uh, We welcome the Holy Spirit to, you know, to encourage my clients. But at that, I don't, I don't have any ability to then, you know, do anything beyond that. You know, we release that to the power of God. And, um, and so, yeah, and in a lot of ways it, it makes, it takes the pressure off, you know, like, yes, for my own, you know, joy and the excitement to walk somebody through a prayer where they said they wanted to say yes to Jesus, that would be really great. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'm going to see my place as maybe I'm the planter, you know, maybe I'm watering, maybe I'm in this long line that every aspect of it has significant value. And so the harvester, the one at the end who gets to sit with them and talk with them through this process of a, of a surrendering their life to Jesus, that is not more valuable than mm. all of the other aspects along the way. So I'm going to play my role, whatever my role looks like, and I'm going to find joy in the fact that I have walked in obedience and played my part in that, in that line. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's good. 
Well, hey, I want to encourage you guys and challenge you right, to, to lean in. Right? Where you live, work, and play, how can you be a tangible expression of the love of Jesus to those around you? Uh, have that conversation with Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, who is it in this season that you want me to be investing in? Uh, and then step out in obedience, like, like Jeff is saying. Um, Jeff, anything else you want to say before we leave? I know you said you've got a meeting at like 11, right? So yeah, we got, we got a few minutes left. Okay. But, um, you know, um, <clears throat> I guess I don't want, you know, I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes uh, there can be a, and I wanted to portray this to the audience yesterday, was that um, to find value in, in who you are and who God has made you to be. So sometimes people I think like, well, look at all he, you know, he's doing, he's a foster parent, he's adopted all these kids and he's got this business thing and he's doing this neighborhood. But that is not because I'm whatever, more talented or a, a more gifted uh, deliverer of the gospel or this or that. Because I think sometimes people can think, that, well, he's, he's probably just a better dad. That's how he can have the, that many kids. It's like, no, I fail all the time. Uh, am I a better host? Then there's a zillion people out here that would be a better host than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, I'm just me. But I'm, what I am willing to do, though, is I'm going to take who I am and just be obedient in that and kind of claim an ownership of where I've been placed. Because I do believe, you know, I, I, I went through it a bit yesterday about the idea of that one we've been called. Yes, I'm going to honor that. That's a, that's a big deal to me, regardless of what, I mean, if, and that was the story of, that was like the Bible story of all of the people throughout the Bible. He's taking people that are seemingly inadequate to do the task that is put in front of them. And he's like, I'm intentionally doing this. You see this, right? It's like, I know you're not the most talented uh, whoever to do this, but I'm taking you uh, intentionally to show my glory, you know, over and over and over again. And so like, I, that kind of excites me. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not the greatest at a zillion things, but it will be his glory that will be seen through all this um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want there to be like, a, like the thought that, that, you know, I just have more talents. And, and that was kind of the idea that one, I've been called. Two, I've been, I've been placed. Like, I believe that it's, it's not by chance that I live in Sturgis, that I live on the block, that I live on, and that I work where I live down or work uh, where I work at downtown there. Um, that, that, that is a strategic placement for me to be in that place because the Holy Spirit resides in me. That it was out of intention and design that I would be placed there. But the same would be for all the other members of the body. That they, it wouldn't be right for me to be there because the design was that, that you would be there. That you would be on that block. Because in some fascinating way, God knows the interactions that you would have the ability to facilitate with your neighbors, with your coworkers, and he, he knows this. And if you would believe in that, if you would trust, it's like, yes, you are capable. You have been equipped in where you work, where you play, and where you live. And just to go into it, just to step into it. That's, I guess that would be the desire is that, that, that to see the value in who you are and say, yes, I have been called and I have been equipped. And he goes with us. That's the great thing. He is always going with us. So the pressure is not on us to, to, to try to whip something up that's so cool and snappy and uh, hip and whatever. The good news is the good news. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I mean, there's just no better message. And we can all, you know, we can all do our own version of that. And when the Holy Spirit wants to move, He's going to move, and you can be the one to be there doing it. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Pam uh, shared that line last week. God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. Yeah. Right? Just, right. You've you yeah. got to be willing to, to, to step into it, right? You don't have to be the most talented kid on the block. 
You don't have to have the prettiest house on the block. You don't have to be the best chef on the block. Right. I mean, you, you just need to be willing to show up. Mm-hmm. So, well, hey, this has been episode 55. Haley, by the way, uh, when, when we first come on and you do our names down at the bottom, you should put for his Jeff Jennings $3 signs and then the word boss. Just, you should. <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed if that doesn't show up on there, Haley. Uh, but no, episode 55, Jeff, appreciate you being on with me. And hey, he didn't pay for this endorsement, but if you're looking for somebody to do your taxes this year, uh, I know a guy. I know a guy. So, so there you go. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. As always, we ask that you rate, review, share, subscribe, all those things. Not because we're awesome. Although, Jeff, you're pretty awesome. Well, so, uh, <laughs> I but appreciate that. Because if this is a blessing to you, we, we hope and we pray that this could be an encouragement and a blessing to other people as well. Well, hey, uh, I did notice our, our subscriber number keeps ticking up. So remember, when we hit that thousand mark, uh, we're going to do something pretty cool. So uh, look forward to that. But until next time, have a good week. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections. Reflections.